Can you hear me now? Is it different? No, I think you said there's no amplifier. Oh, I see. Thank you. Thank you very much. But he'd like us to speak into it. Uh, if anybody who's sharing comes up, they'd like us to speak into it. And there is a, a form here in pens. And just sign under my name, you know, if you're sharing. Because it's a media release, recording release. So having said that, just to get my head screwed on straight, um, I'd like to start with serenity prayer. (laughs) So um, take a deep breath in. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Hi, I'm Polly. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Um, So this meeting is living in honesty. And um, so I'll give you, they give you instructions on what to do here. There's stats and stuff you have to give. (laughs) So I'll give my stats. Uh, so I've been in the program for 20 years, and I've been abstinent and maintaining a 105-pound weight loss for 16 years. And um, <laughs> make no mistake about it, that's a one-day-at-a-time deal. It still is today, and you'll hear that a little bit, hopefully, in my honest account of what my program's like now, as honest as I can be. Um, so I came because, the, the, because why you came. You know, I, I did the diet scene just like you did the diet scene. You know, we're not unique in that way. I've heard the same thing. Speakers last night told my story in many different ways. And, um, but I was talking with somebody this morning, and um, a big part of my program of recovery is knowing that I'm a liar. It's true. I, and my favorite thing to lie about is food. I will lie about food left to my own devices or based on my spiritual condition uh, to this day. And knowing that allows me to um, be honest, understand the importance of honesty in my program to the best of my ability. But make no mistake about it, I am a liar. That is the nature of my disease. It allows me, it allowed me to eat for years and years and years excessively and compulsively before I got here. And if I don't stay aware of it, I will continue to lie about my food. That just doesn't change because I walk into these rooms. It just doesn't. What changes is the knowledge about it the understanding about it, the acceptance of the fact that I have to do things to stay honest on a day-to-day basis. So I don't think that honesty is where we start. I think honesty is the product of working the program. That's, That's what I think. So I'll try to explain what that's like for me. So, um... When I came in, I didn't have the steps. I didn't have that. I, I had the knowledge that I was desperate about food. I did have the steps in another program. And it was actually working the fourth step that got me honest enough 
to say, hey, I don't think this is a little eating problem. I think something else is going on here. And I had such success working the steps with the other addiction that I had, the other compulsion, that I knew that if, uh, that the only, that this might be an answer, a solution. So then I came into the program through the fourth step. And the fourth step's all about honesty, right? It's all about coming clean. So, um, but, uh, and then I messed around with the program. I messed around with it because I had no knowledge. I, ha- I just didn't have enough of the program. I hadn't worked it enough so that I could, um, so that I could just immediately get abstinent. It just didn't happen like that for me. And that's something else I want, I just want to share for a minute. Sometimes these speakers get up here. I know I have too. And we talk like we came into the program, we walked into the rooms, immediately got a sponsor, and then started working the steps. And by week two, (laughs) we were abstinent. That is not my experience. And I know a lot of compulsive overeaters. And I know all about their life and their program. And if for no other reason, I would come to OA and stay there. Just because I'll never have... Without this program, I would never have the deep, profound, honest relationships I have today with people. But, but I assure you, I've never heard anybody describe that. I am sure there are a few people that have, man, they should drop to their knees every day and thank their higher power. Because that is not how it was and not how it is for me. I came in, I lost, I, I, I got a little hope by giving up a couple of foods and deciding to come to the meetings. And then I, um, and then, uh, I, I played around with the program. And I thought after six weeks I could leave because I had the 12 steps in the other program <laughs> and just follow the instructions. And uh, that did, then my other program fell apart. And that I, so I will mention my other program sometimes because without that other program, I assure you, without the sponsor in the other program, I assure you, I would never, ever have come here and stayed. Uh, so it, 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 they do affect, one affects the other. Um, I went ahead and I adopted, uh, I stayed in a couple years and I adopted a little boy as a single parent. And, um, and he was, um, he was four when I adopted him. And that was like a tsunami. Okay, that was like a tsunami. I immediately dropped the program. I immediately lost all, all, uh, I immediately started back into the food. And I came to a meeting maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. Now, I continued to go to my other 12-step meeting. Just so that you understand, being honest in one meeting does not mean I will be honest in another program. And if I'm not honest about something, my other program will quickly fall apart in the, ne- in the other program. So, um, so um, but I got sick, and I gained a tremendous amount of weight, the most I'd ever been, and I couldn't stop eating, and I saw my death. And I knew I, I had a moment of clarity, which we'll call honesty, and I knew that I would die on this little boy from practicing an addiction the same way my mom practiced alcoholism. And I would die of that. And I promised him I would be there. And so uh, I, and I had all the demoralizing effects of, of being that size, being 
compulsively overeating. I had everything. So then I came into, so I had a moment of honesty. So then I came into um, to the program of Overeaters Anonymous. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was, ta- no, because my higher power is active in my life, which is why I'm speaking here today. Because I was not thrilled about speaking here today. But um, somebody came up and I couldn't say no. So anyway, um, but I'm thrilled about it now. So, uh, but the thing is, is that my higher power is very active in my life. So my higher power said, wow, this is a girl with self-will run riot in a sickening state of rebellion, usually dishonest. Okay, (laughs) so... I'm going to send her Al-Anon sponsor to talk to her about a program called How. But I'm not going to send that sponsor to say, oh, Polly, I'm so worried about you. You should go to OA. Because my sponsor in that other program is not a compulsive overeater. But she said to me, hey, I went to support Jill in this How program. You know, those are a bunch of food Nazis. I love it. I think I'm going to try it. It was really a hobby for her. It was just a, it it was a, it was an arts and crafts program. Okay. That's really what it was. But, and that is the beauty of connecting to a higher power because now I couldn't ignore what was said there. And I went to How. And that's very significant because I got a sponsor. Do you know why I got a sponsor? Because I said, God, I will put my big fat self-will away for tonight, and I will take anybody that stands up, because you have to have a sponsor if you're in hell, right away. I'll take anybody that stands up, and I will pick them as my sponsor. Oh, my God. The person that stood up, I would never have chosen her, not in a million years, and... I thank God for her to this day. She had two months more in the program than me. But there was a format we followed, and we worked the steps. And we answered 30 questions in 30 days. And, man, that allowed me to release sugar. And that was profound. I couldn't even conceive of that when it happened. And so I went ahead, and I, I, um, I kept going. She dropped out after two months. And I God love her. I hope she's back somewhere because I'll always be grateful for her and I always want to mention her because she got me through the, thir- the three steps. And, um, and I, uh, I, became, I became a little more a little more honest. So I followed that food plan and that's when I lost the majority of my weight. And I got her sponsor, by the way. <laughs> I ended up with her sponsor. So, um, so, okay, so we're going um, to kind of fast forward now because that's all very interesting. But now you, So now you know how that worked, all right? Thank you. So now you know how that worked. And um, so I went ahead and um, have been working the program one day at a time. So what does that look like? Well, I, I basically ate that same food plan. And I, I would write my food down. Uh, and I would do those things, but I kind of did it because somebody else suggested it, not really because I was consciously decided to get in contact with my food. I just did it because that's what they told me to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But now I've had enough time in the program where really I'm starting to see that my food is the last thing to, to get slippery 
my food is the last thing to get slippery. And I've heard this many, many times in the program by people who have lost tremendous amounts of weight and who've been in the program a long time. By the time my food is slippery, my program has been slippery for quite some time. So, and I am incapable of being honest about that until I start to to use those tools and work the program. And what does that mean? Invariably, it means getting to more meetings. If I don't get to three meetings a week, man, you just don't want to be out there with me. If I And that's not three away meetings. That's three meetings, 12-step meetings. But if I don't get to those, then I'm in trouble. If I don't work the steps... If I don't call a sponsor, if I don't write my food down, blah, 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 you know the routine, okay? I, I will become dishonest about my food. It happens all the time with me. It has happened now. So, And it's hard to talk to you about that. It's hard to say to you, oh, you know what? My food's kind of slippery right now. But I'll tell you why, okay? So now let's get honest, okay? So I... Two years ago, took my niece and her two kids in, almost two years ago. I am an Al-Anon. And I am, now she is struggling with addiction. And she has two little kids, and I'm going to have to kick her out. And that, so I hit a bottom in that other program. But while that was happening, because I, I was missing meetings, I was overworking, And I got a boyfriend for the first time in 25 years. Oh, my God, what a mind-blowing tsunami that is, okay? And But because before that, I was feeling really solid. I was feeling really solid. And and, um, so my priorities changed. My priorities started to be about fixing my knees, my priorities were around, I have a really beautiful, wonderful job where I work with kids with special needs. And at the end, it, it, throughout the year, we get more and more and more paperwork, legal work that we have to write. And so we became super overworked. In fact, I was telling somebody, I said, boy, you can see what type of work we're doing. You can see how overloaded we are because the weight is coming on. <laughs> with everybody I'm working with, the weight is just coming on. And so um, I... I was, like, focused on work. I was addicted to work. And so I was missing meetings. I wasn't getting to as many. And besides, I've got a date tonight. <laughs> and don't worry. I've had fun being 16. Don't get me wrong, okay? I am, and I am 16. Um, I'm a little older now, but a year ago I was 16. And so I, uh, and he is not, a compulsive overeater, but he is a foodie. His favorite channel to watch is the food channel. And so we're trying to work things out. And does he have issues? I'm kidding. Okay, anyway, I wouldn't even love him if he didn't. Okay, so, so but the thing is, I, I've had to deal with the whole body image thing, which I've come so far with, and that was God. That was because I, I was in a good space a year ago, and I heard God say, Polly, I swear, in my morning meditation, which I would lose my mind without, that step 11 is essential. I, 
I heard my higher power say, it's time. So I urge you to go to that body image thing because body image is not about size. So, um, so I, 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 I was talking with somebody today and I realized that so much of our disease is about shame. It's about shame. I was shamed as a kid for many, many reasons, but certainly because of the weight and the food. And if you haven't been shamed as a kid, don't worry, you'll get a lot of shame about weight as an adult. You know, so everybody gets to ride the ride. And so shame is my first instinct in my disease. And once I'm in shame, for any reason, once I'm in shame, I'm, I'm running. I'm going to run. And I'm going to try to escape and avoid the truth. And so if I don't have tools to help me maintain honesty, I'll run like there's no tomorrow. And I will run to the food. The food, I've heard this said before, this is a terrible thing, but boy, it's the truth. Food is not the problem. Food is my solution. Food is not my problem. Food is my solution. And by the time I see that my food is getting out of control and slippery and all of that stuff, by the time that happens, I have been living with shame and dishonesty for a long time, and my other parts of my program are not being attended to. So I get honesty and I get abstinence based on a daily reprieve based on my spiritual condition. And my spiritual condition is based on the relationship I have with my higher power, the relationship I want with my higher power. And the relationship I want with my higher power is based on how I'm working, the tools of the program, how many meetings I'm getting to, the steps, blah, 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 blah. It never changes. It never changes. So... Um, what I want to say is that I, shame is deadly. It's deadly. And, if you, and my, my experience is when I'm feeling it, I have to nip it in the bud. And I feel it every day on some level. And when I am making decisions based on fear and shame and guilt, I am in real, real trouble. And... So I'm going to give you an illustration because I promised somebody I'd tell the story. So I went last week, 20 years in the program, 16 years, 105-pound weight loss. I know what abstinence is, with my boyfriend to Monterey. And he said, let's go out to dinner. And I said, okay. And so we went down the wharf. I've never been on the wharf in Monterey. Have you ever been there? I have never seen so many restaurants in my entire life as I saw there. I was giddy. <laughs> I, was, I was giddy. Oh, look at all the food. And, but here's something that happened, and I was, I've never seen it happen before. Maybe you guys have, but I haven't. There were barkers outside all of the restaurants, 
And they said, come here, come here, come on, I've got food. And I thought, well, I can have that. That's my food plan. After all, we're going to eat dinner. And so I was off and running. Now, by the time we got to the sixth restaurant where we have sampled the wares, okay, I have turned now into a monster. And my boyfriend, who's not a food addict, says, well, what restaurant would you like to go to? I said, I don't care. I don't care. Just pick one. Pick one. Pick a restaurant. You know, I'm, now I'm so beside myself in the insanity of the disease that I, I and, and he says, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just, can you just pick a restaurant? And, and, and now, I, and then I looked at him and said, I got to get out of here now. Right now, I got to get out of here now. And so we walked and we got out. Just we stepped out of the wharf, and he said to me, and I'm going to wrap up with this great story of honesty, humbling honesty. And I said to him, he said, what happened? He's the nicest man. And I said, and it hit me. I had that moment of honesty. I said, I'm a food addict, and we just went down crack alley. (laughs) And I just took crack and he, he said, for the very first time in our relationship, he said, I think I'm beginning to get it. You know, and so <laughs> I get a daily reprieve from compulsive overeating and insanity and compulsive behavior based on my spiritual condition. And the program leads to honesty, not the other way around. And it will always be like that for me, and I will always have to work the program. But thank God you guys are here. Thank God you're here. And with that, I will end it. And um, <laughs> so it, uh, just a reminder, if you come up to speak, please speak in the microphone. There, we're being recorded. So before you start speaking, sign, uh, sign a release. And I guess there's a five-minute question and answer period. So I'm opening the floor. Oh, there's an ask it basket. Oh, okay. That makes it better. <laughs> this is an awkward silence. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you. Can you please talk more about your experience with your HP and body image? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I can. Uh, I was, uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna reverse a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And what I did was, um, I started meditating. I, I decided that I did not want to have this body image that I had of myself. I had decided I would never be able to be with a man because I wouldn't be able to, to take my clothes off. I just couldn't bear the idea of it. There was so much shame. And that <laughs> sickened me with this much program. So what I did was um, I started uh, praying and meditating, and then I honestly heard a voice one morning say, Polly, it's time. And um, Because I had always ignored that part of the program. Because I was happy, you know, it was fine. And um, I started fantasizing. We all have sexual fantasies. Come on, get serious. And I started fantasizing about... But I would always fantasize about the 16, I, that I had a 16-year-old body. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah, the same one. 
Um, I, <laughs> uh, the one I never had, you know, and I would just fantasize like that. And I, and I thought, what if I could look in the mirror at myself and say three things I loved about myself without clothes on every day? What would that, what would happen? I was horrified by that. So I started from here up doing it. And I stopped looking at all the defects because my, my body image is lying to yourself. It's distortion about your body. And I started looking at, at my body and I started feeling like better about it and I started seeing it but now I was seeing it as a whole not as the defects and then I started looking at the whole thing but here's what really changed the picture and that's why I started dating by the way is that I started imagining what it would be like to have intimacy with a man the way I really looked what I really saw in the mirror and what it'd be like for him. And I thought that would sicken me. That was the hottest fantasy ever. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this stuff really works. So, um, and it's just progressed from there. But I have to work on it. I have to really remind myself that I'm, that I'm lovely, just the way I am, just the way I am. And, and I have such a great intimate relationship with this man. It's just amazing. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about intimacy. And it's just amazing. And I, I, I think that I'm sexy and beautiful. I do. And I never would have said that to you. It has nothing to do with my size. Nothing. And so, uh, anyway, that's how I did it. That's how I'm doing it. That's how I'm doing it. Anything else? Oh, the basket. Oh, there's just one question. Yes. Yeah, yeah, What does my morning meditation consist of? First, I write my food down. I write my food down, but before I write my food down, I write down what I really ate the previous day, not what I wanted to eat. Because if I can't face my food, it's not possible really for me to have a real deep connection with my higher power. And then I, I have learned to meditate. It started out with a minute. Sometimes it is just a minute. You'd be amazed what my higher power can do with a minute. My higher power is really no, is able to do a lot more than me <laughs> that I can conceive of. So it's, and, and so I spend that quiet time just being conscious of my breathing, of what's going around. And I do a lot of imaging, of letting go of the things I don't want today. I don't want the fears. I don't want the expectations. I don't want the anxiety. And then I grab these other three balloons. And the balloons that I get to have, as long as I don't grab those other balloons back, is trust in God and myself and um, clarity. And I even have the balloon, like it's a clear balloon. And it has the words clarity on it. And then the other balloon is happy, joyous, and free. So that's kind of how I do it. And sometimes it works better than others. And then um, I read a daily reading. And sometimes I have a sponsee that calls me. And we do a mantra. A mantra is a positive affirmation you say seven times with somebody else. And man, oh man, it has saved me. Um, Let's see. 
What do you suggest for a long-term program person who has relapsed, going to three meetings a week now, but still slips after dinner sometimes, not on sugar, just volume? Uh, I changed my, you know, this slipping thing, this relapse thing, it looks to me a lot like guilt and shame. Be careful that you're not addicted to the guilt and shame. Maybe it's, maybe you're judging yourself too harshly. You know, maybe, maybe you just look at food as food. That's what you ate today. And you just be honest about it. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I changed my food plan to now I look at the calories. What did I eat today? What fuel did I take in? What fuel did I burn off? I, I try to treat the food like food. And, uh, and I have some foods I simply do not eat because they would, in, they would induce a craving. So maybe, and I, you know why I did that? And I never thought I'd do calories. Never again, not ever, ever, ever. I just started doing this about two years ago because I found I was more honest about my food. It was a cut and dried thing. And I look at it as being in conscious contact with my food. The same as I am in conscious contact with my higher power and with my program and hopefully with you one day at a time. All right. That seems like it's it. And so uh, now I think we do shares. All right. Thanks so much, you guys. I, you know, I'm always scared to come in here, but you love me. You love me no matter what, and I love you no matter what. Hi, I'm Juanita, compulsive overeater, and I can't believe I'm getting up here again because I've come to three of these, and each time I've said something, and that's so unlike me, but I really, really related to you, and just wow, everything you said from the very beginning that I am a liar about my food, you know, I, I am a liar, you know, and I, this, this time I started program with being honest, absolutely honest with, uh, with my sponsor about what I ate, at least when I think about it, I wasn't absolutely honest. I was like 95% honest about what I did. But, um, and then, you know, for me, the way I interpret this honesty thing is somewhere in one of the readings it talks about uh, you, this, uh, rarely have we seen a person fail who is completely honest, and it says with themselves. So for me, I interpreted that to mean that I could lie to you but as long as I knew that and I owned up to my deception and the fact that I was lying. And uh, that's what I kind of carry with me even today. <laughs> and that's kind of sad, but that's where it is with me, you know. If I, and I, and I kind of feel like if I'm honest with someone, and my someone happens to be my husband, I don't lie to him about my food, you know, but I, I fudge with my sponsor about, about what I'm eating. And the body image stuff, I was probably about, 30 pounds less than I am now, and I was, uh, when I was 12 years old, and I was five, seven and a half, so that's about, uh, about an inch shorter than I, uh, taller, shorter than I am now, and when, in the eighth grade, we all got on the scale, 
and you know, of course, I was going to weigh more. But ever since that time, I've been obsessed with my body image and how it doesn't look, and I don't fit in. I wanted to be small or petite, and so, uh, so everything you said really touched me in some way, and the humor with which you said it. And there was something else that I wanted to say, but I think that's all I can remember right now. So thanks for listening. My name is Jean. I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh, okay. Does this work? Oh, okay. 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 I'll talk louder then. Okay. My name is Jean. I'm a compulsive overeater, a food addict, and so grateful to be here, and so grateful to hear Polly. Who? Um, can I say something about you? She is the meanest, toughest sponsor a person could have. <laughs> If, if you want someone to be totally honest with you who has no sympathy for anything you say or do, call Polly. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. She has made a, such a difference in my life. Because I've been in the program for 30 years, and I said this last night here, right here. 30 years at 210 pounds. After 30 years, I weighed 254 pounds. I did not lose weight because I was lying to myself. I was lying, lying, lying. I wanted to keep that line of flour open. I wanted flour. I was willing to give up sugar because, you know, you can inject flour in your body and it becomes sugar very fast. So I didn't need the sugar anymore. I just needed flour, and I was not going to give it up. I was going to do it my way. I was going to find my way, and it was going to work. After 30 years, 30 years, I finally said, I can't do it. And I put the food down, and I got a food plan, a very strict food plan, and it's no flour. And it's, in the beginning, I hated it, and I swore I wouldn't do it until I just got a jump start on, God knows what I was thinking, I don't know. But I started it, and I stayed with it, and it's been a year, and I've lost, I weigh 153 pounds. 153. I was 150 when I graduated from high school, 170 when I graduated from college. I'm like in my freshman year in college, except parts aren't in the same place. (laughs) But, But I want to talk about honesty and say, since I've put the food down, you know, and I do the same thing Polly does, I write my food down and I commit it. And when it's committed, I commit it to my sponsor, I commit it to God, and I have given it to God. It's not mine anymore. Uh, at lunchtime, because I have a really bad memory when it comes to food, I have to go back and look and see what I wrote down. So I remember, that is what I'm getting, and this is how much I'm getting. And that's what I stay with. When I put the food down, I can start living life. And honestly, in my 71 years, it's only been in this past year that I've been able to look at the fact that I don't know how to live life without food. Everything has been around food. When I get upset, I eat. When I get angry, I eat. When I get jealous, I eat. When I get happy, I eat. I didn't know how to deal with life any other way. And someone told me, I heard someone speak one time, and she said, when you have a strong feeling, sit with it. Just sit and hold it and cradle it. Because when you have a strong feeling, it's those childhood um, feelings coming up again. It comes right back to something that happened in our childhood 
and um, hold it. You know, protect it like a child. And not, so I sit and feel those feelings. I feel them until I don't have to feel them anymore. And honestly, um, there's, there's no other way I know how to live life. But today, I see something coming at me. I'm frustrated, angry, whatever it is. And I know that I'm not going to die. I know that I don't have to go after food. I know that if I do... That food is a wall between me and my higher power. I absolutely have to put that food down in order to have a connection with God. And what I have found is that the connection with God is so much greater than the food. It doesn't compare. You know, going to binge on, on something, and then I'm, I'm blotto for the rest of the day. I can't function. I can't talk to anyone. All I want is more food. This morning, I, my plan was to have oatmeal and fruit at Starbucks. Well, it's closed. So the guy said, oh, well, there's one over the freeway. It's only five minutes. Well, five minutes driving. I was walking. But I, but I walked. It was a 25-minute walk. And I got there, and I had my breakfast, and I had a beautiful walk, and a beautiful walk back. You know, I probably walked about an hour altogether. It all works out because that food has to come first. Put it in its place, and then you can begin living life, and what a joy it is. Thank you so much, Polly. I, I, was, I, I saw her last night, and I thought, why isn't she speaking? And I walk in here late, and here she is, and I missed it. <laughs> whatever you heard, whatever you heard is the gospel truth. And get her phone number. Get her phone number. Thank you very much. My name is Gary, a uh, compulsive overeater. Hi, you know, I'd like to begin by saying your, your energy, you have great energy, you know. Number one and number two, there are two things that you said that stood out. Number one was crack, ad- crack alley or crack addict. And number two was shame. And, you know, uh, I was born and raised in Hawaii, and here's what I can tell you. Life was a beach. <laughs> Life was an absolute beach. If any of you have been to Hawaii, you know it's beautiful. Uh, my elementary school was right on the beach. I mean, it was, it was a beach. It was fun. However, when, when it comes to the shame, you know, my mom, you know, until my dad made me leave Hawaii uh, 40 years ago, my mom used to call me dumb, stupid, and ugly for 17 years. And that's where the shame comes in. But little did I know, because I was having fun, and from that, from the age of 17 to present, you know, I've, I've become an achiever, and I've made progress in my life. But when it comes to this challenge with food, uh, that's the only thing that, that, that's really a, a huge challenge. But this last 24 hours has been an absolute eye-opener for me. I didn't even know I needed this program. <laughs> but now that I'm here, I, I realize I do because of the stories that I'm hearing. You know, one thing I found out about my mom was this. When my mom had her first child, my mom was 17. And that's my oldest sister. My sister's about 64 years old. And what I found out about my mom was, here is a child, 17, trying to raise a child. So she didn't know what to do, how to love, uh, and and, and how to raise a child. And so with that, you know, what I got was, was her inability and recently, before this conference, I, I went to a seminar, and, and uh, you know, the speaker said, you know, people don't make you angry, you make yourself angry. And I said to myself, who is this guy? Who's this kook? But as he went on, one of the things he said was, 
You know, if, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And for me, for years, the word stupid was a negative thing for me. And he said, okay, let's change that. Spell the word stupid. S-T-U-P-I-D. Now, the S stands for strong. The T stands for tough. The U stands for unrelenting. The, the, the P stands for perseverance. The I stands for intelligence. And the D stands for determination. Same word. Different outcome. The way you look at things will change. The way you look at things will change when you change the way you look at things. Thank you. Fill out like a new page. No. Oh, I see you signed below. Hi, my name's Linda. I'm a compulsive reader and bulimic. Hi, Hi. Um, nice to be here. Um, I, I want to talk about food and weight for me lately, which is that I came in three years ago. I lost quite a bit of weight. I think over 50 pounds in about a year. It just fell off me because I stopped binging on huge amounts of food. And I was eating three meals a day with a couple of snacks. Um, but I was eating a lot. And my metabolism just could take it. And um, for one thing, it showed me how much I had been eating to maintain about a 195 weight. Um, you know, it was a lot of freaking food. And um, so although I'm eating less, I still eat a lot. But although I'm eating less than um, – I'm fitting this into honesty. This is honestly what's going on with me with weight and food. Although I eat less than I did, you know, two years ago, um, I've gained weight. Um, I'm 52, you know, whatever. Things are changing. And I feel like my body's evening out, evening out a little bit. And what I want to say is this weight gain has been really hard for me because I have been obsessed. And to me, it's such a perfect example of like, it's not about the weight. You know how sometimes, you know, we say it's not about the weight and that can be puzzling. Of course, it's not about the weight. And I've been really miserable at times. I've been hopeless and angry and it's like, well, fuck it. You know, if I gained weight, then I'm, I'm going to eat this very high caloric thing anyway. Um, you know, very, very frightening. And um, it's been hard for me to come to terms with. I know that I do not want to be obsessed with my weight, that this is not why I'm on this earth. It's a bad use of my limited time. And it's not what the program teaches me. Um, and I've been really struggling, emphasis on struggling, you know, how to come out of this and see my weight gain as, you know, what it is, you know, a few pounds, whatever. Um, so what's begun, and I feel like things are beginning to shift. And what has shifted for me is I feel like I'm a little bit more in the third step than I was previously. I'm like, you know what? I cannot make myself choose well in terms of food. Now, hello, right? <laughs> like, why do I think I'm here? But, you know, it's like I forget. You know, I'm like, oh, I've gained this weight. So if I eat, let's say, what if I take this out of my food plan and blah, 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 blah. And all these things are important, but not when it comes from here. Not when it comes from the obsessing, what should I do? I don't know. No matter what I do, it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm in a situation where I'm like, I don't know how to make myself lose these few pounds. I don't know how to not be tortured by like this constant obsession. Um, 
But they say if you keep coming back and if you turn stuff over, as it says in the OA third step, right, you'll be given the willingness and ability to follow your food plan. And um, that's beginning to happen a little bit more. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but I am making better choices by and large, and I am less obsessed about my weight um, and less tortured. And I just keep coming back one day at a time. And it has to do with the faith and the trust, right, of the second and third step that, you know, I, I've said it like 10 times, keep coming back and it's going to be okay. And one, I could talk forever, so I have no idea how long I've been talking. I will say one last thing, though, which is that um, – You know, reality comes in sometimes, which is, I have a great life. This program has changed my life. This program has changed my attitude. It's given me a design for living. I am pursuing a career. My marriage has gotten better. I have friends. I feel more myself. I'm beginning for the first time in my life to like myself a little bit. I've gotten back into therapy and find that um, it's very, very useful to me as opposed to just being like this in therapy for years and it's a miracle and so i'm going to stay in my head like nine hours a day obsessing about my weight no so um i just want to thank this program for showing me a different way come on up don't wait for me to finish I think we have time for about one more share. We're dying to hear from you. My name is Pam, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. I'm an addict of many things, and I have found over the years discovering all those things, and um, I've had relief from them. But food is the basic bottom line. Food is the oldest addiction that I have, like from birth, and I've had the most struggle with it in the last 40 years being in here. I've been over 100 pounds less and actually hated my body. I hated the way I looked. I still felt like I was fat. And some people may say that this this is uh, fat serenity. And I was there for a while, but in those 40 years, I never stopped coming here. That's the only thing that I I think is my saving grace, is that I never stopped coming to meetings. Um, I was absent more at meetings but I never stopped coming totally. And um, I had like a, uh, a year, took like a couple of years off after doing a whole lot of service and um, got to a higher top weight than when I first came in here. And um, I'm feeling now that um, uh, not only am a new awareness that not only am I an addict, I'm also an emotional eater, and I've had a lot of 
emotional things happen with my, my family. And that, those are the things that I've eaten over. Those are the things um, that I had a stiff upper lip, but I was eating at night. Um, I still have my sugar abstinence of about it's 37 years and no sugar. Uh, I have the abstinence of almost 38 years, no alcohol, no drugs, and no suicide, uh, no cigarettes. But food is, for me, is the bottom line. And that's why I'm still here. I came to Overeaters Anonymous first. It's my heart, my love. I love being here. I love the people. But it also pointed me in other directions, and that saved my life because I was suicidal and an addict of other things. But I keep coming back, and recently I took over actually a very small meeting um, that we have in Hayward on Tuesday night. Um, and I have um, felt better, and my food is getting better for just doing service again. And sometimes I feel like I'm not, not, not sometimes, most of the time I feel like I'm not a good example at all because of the weight that I have on. But I still have the practices that I learned here, and I still have the people that I know here. I have more friends than I ever had in my life after coming to this program. I have friends, lifelong friends, friends that I've known for over 30 years. Um, and they still love me, even though I gained 100 pounds back. And I can remember the first time in a meeting in San Francisco, when there were very few meetings in the East Bay, and um, I, I was, uh, had broken my abstinence at that point. This is like, oh, 38 years ago. And um, somebody said, oh, no, not you. Oh, no, not you. And that's where the shame came. That's where um, my first real uh, knowledge of shame, although I had been shamed in my home all my life. I was the only one of four girls that wore my disease on my body. And I wore it from the time I was nine years old. And, you know, I'm a lot older now. I have been, more in, I have been in these rooms for more than half my life. And I keep coming back because there's hope here. There's hope, and I know there's recovery, and it just takes what it takes, and sometimes I'm not willing to take what it takes. But I come back, and I hear, and there's a little bit of door open, and so that's why I keep coming back. Thank you. Let's end with the serenity prayer. All right. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Thank you.